morning, ladies and gentlemen, crypto traders around the world. We have a small bit of news this Sunday. I want to crank on that, and then I've got coverage of a token, which did go out on YouTube first. That one is somewhat lengthy, and so I will be dedicating the vast majority of the episode to that, but I am going to talk about some of these pieces. I do think some of these news pieces are very important to kind of talk about at least a little bit, create a dialogue, and see where we go next on this one. First up, let's talk a little bit about Bitcoin because Bitcoin has been back in the, not back in, but it's been increasingly, I should say, in the media. More people are talking about it, mostly because of the price movement. The price movement has been going pretty hot and heavy upward, but it's not it's not the same unrealistic jumps as before. We are seeing that there's somewhat of a recovery from what has happened. Of course, we're nowhere close, and I want to be clear, we're nowhere close to where it really should be. And the bottom threshold is still uncertain. There's a lot going on around Bitcoin, and I do believe that there's been a rush from some of the larger players, celebrities, etc., moving their money to different tokens. We are seeing a little bit of a hold, 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 hold philosophy going around with the Bitcoin side, but the sentiment is still bullish. We still have a pretty consistent confidence that there's going to be a strong push at some point back up, and we want to see what's going to happen in the future. So I guess what I'm saying to you in summary is, if you're feeling kind of weird about and bearish, as they call it, around Bitcoin, it's understood and you have the right to, but I do think that there's going to be a little bit more to it and it's going to recover. We just don't know when. And of course, that uncertainty makes people nervous. I have seen a bunch of people who were squawking about, you know, we don't, we're just not confident in crypto in general if Bitcoin can't re revive itself. I think that's extreme and I think we just need to be patient. And as hard as that is, and there was a lot of, there was a lot of, things and people that were getting all sorts of upset because of what's going on with the price movement and Vitalik tweets and everything else. Just be patient. Try to ignore the news best you can. I know it's hard, but try not to react to the news and realize as long as you believe in your project, you're pretty much in a good space. And Bitcoin is one of those that is a little bit different because it's, as we've said, it's kind of being influenced by large money. There's large players behind it have always been and that has influenced a lot of different things. But the stress point here is that pretty much everybody consistently believes Bitcoin is going to go back up and it's going to go higher than it did before. Ethereum will eventually rise. We don't know how high Ethereum will go, but we will see that there's a rise in these cryptocurrencies. It's just a matter of time and patience. Wonderland. Um, we did a brief tweet on Wonderland. I'm not going to bore you with all the details, but there's a lot happening with the Wonderland's a DAO that was out there. And it turned out that one of the people in charge apparently had a criminal record that was circled around fraud and he was in charge of the treasury. And as a result, things kind of spiraled. And then one of the people who have largely been around this and, and started it up was saying, okay, we need to, we need to end this thing. It's not going to work. It's not going to work out long-term. Um, we don't have the right, we don't have the right ways to move forward on this one. That just got announced today. I'm not sure why all of a sudden this became a problem. And the reason that I brought this one up in the news section is because this is very parallel to the belief and the sentiment, the loss of investor sentiment to Saitama because Saitama, of course, with Willie D, he had a record, Russ has a record and they were both for fraud. And so 
when you have something like this, where this person's outed, turns out it's a fraud-related charge, that just harms investor sentiment when you have Russ and Willie D associated with the project, and then they have fraud in their background. The difference, I think, and the only reason right now that Satama hasn't completely gone to zero is because largely once this was found out, like with the Wonderland situation, this guy, he wasn't known. He didn't overexpose himself. He was kind of going under a pseudonym and he didn't really put himself out there, at least by name, to where people could research him. It was only somebody that did some digging and found it out. I still say that, you know, Russ should have openly disclosed it up front. Same with the Willie D situation, but it didn't seem to harm Satama that much. However, Satama's had a hard time since all these came to surface from the coin market cap situation. And I do think that that played a factor. And now it's just going to make people a little bit more sketchy. Certain investors are just going to assume they're being scammed because of what's happened with Cytomask and the fact that it, it's now twice where it was not available on launch as promised. So when you think about investor sentiment, you got to take into perception how different people are going to receive news when it's fraud. When you see the word fraud and it's around a criminal charge, it makes people sketchy, period. It doesn't matter if you paid your dues or you didn't. And then there's other things that are happening under the hood. And all of a sudden, it turns out that, oh, this we just did a dump and what the heck's going on? And all this money's moving and it's smoke. And I think the easy way to resolve the smoke is to get back to a world where we are smarter and we say, let's just disclose it up front and be transparent about what we're doing. That's all. And then a little bit of news here about um, because of the Wonderland, it's a byproduct, it's not directly correlated, but I did a coverage on the spell token and I was talking about magic internet money and on YouTube, that's one of the popular videos because a lot of people were trying to understand what's going on there. The Luna token, which, you know, was on the Terra network and there's a lot of connection between Luna and magic internet money and the time token, which is a part of this fiasco, the spell token seems to have been initially affected, but it's on the climb as people are buying the dips. All these tokens were part of this whole deal. And so there's a big fallout from that. It's a big deal to a lot of people that were bought into it. I don't think it's going to easily recover because it's kind of like the Ethereum max situation where you got people in the, in the loop that feel like they were defrauded by people that misrepresented a thing. And I, when I covered it, I even said I, I struggle to understand how this all connects together. And when you write your white paper and your documentation so convoluted that the layman can't understand it from an auditor perspective that generally lends to you're trying to cheat people, that's not to accuse them. I'm saying that I don't like to see when it's overly complex like that. And usually I want to see that it's a simplified, you break it down, this is how it works, and we can prove it out, we can test it, truly test it. Um, another bit of news, there's uh, some, I don't know if anybody was around social media at the time, but there used to be a period way back in the yesterdays where there was a group called Anonymous. And they were notorious on Twitter where they were acting like vigilantes. Basically they were trying to chase down anybody who was doing some sort of bad activity or they were DDoSing people. So they were basically shutting down people's sites and they were doing all this stuff where they didn't agree with it. And the conversation steered toward, well, who made them judge, jury and executioner? Turns out now we got vigilantes who were going around. There was another rug pull that happened. Um, I didn't, wasn't aware of this particular project. It was called Stable Magnet, apparently. And this vigilante, he stays anonymous, but he did an interview publicly. So it's kind of ironic that you want to be anonymous or do an interview regardless. 
He goes and he's trying to track down the people who took, and it seems like the number was around $25 million from the Stable Magnet project, and he was successful in getting the money back. We've seen this before where, for whatever reason, there was some sort of a rug pull, and then people went after them. We saw that somewhat with Suzuki. They were able to get, they were able to track the guy down, and then they were on Telegram chewing the dude out and saying, where's our money? And somebody screwed, and they found out it was a phony person that was just a mark who was the face of their company on the admin side on Telegram. It's a whole big fiasco. So the summary here is that you do have kind of this rise of single vigilantes trying to go out there and help track down money to find this. And apparently this was located out in uh, Manchester where this, it started in Hong Kong, but they tracked him to Manchester where they found it. And I guess they were trying to, they were trying to kind of lay low <laughs> um, to quote Snoop Dogg. And they tracked him down, got the money back. So I don't celebrate that because I don't think that cyber vigilantism is the right answer. What I would have liked to have seen, though, is that the we don't have a fallout of regulation because of it. Because I do think that the the risk is part of due diligence, right? When you get into a token project, any project, there are going to be some red flags that you want to see. Okay, what happened here? How did this work? How do we identify how this works. The notable news about this, though, allegedly, I don't have any proof of this, but allegedly, when this all happens, it's apparently something where Floyd Mayweather got hacked at some point. The uh, boxer, if you don't know the sport, Floyd Mayweather Jr. allegedly got hacked and viewers were sending money out of it. Now, we don't know if this is true. This is what was reported um, as of about a week ago. And we don't know how much was taken. Floyd has been that the fact that Floyd's involved seems to tell me that the Ethereum Max situation might have been a cause of why he was targeted. Because again, he was involved in that situation over there, as were many other celebrities. So, I'm I guess what I'm summarizing in it as there's more to it than just a random attack. Like it seemed like these guys were motivated to do it because of what happened with the the Ethereum Max and other situations with shillers, which just simply strengthens my case to ban shilling and get to the point where tokens are forced to succeed on their own or fully disclose when that's done so that we can, you know, go after and recoup that. Last bit of news, Nas, the rapper, he has been one of the first now to release his songs uh, on a new platform that just got released. Two of the songs were released as an NFT. Now, being the front runner on this and because it's Nas. Nas is one of the best rappers of the recent decades, but he's not he's not been active, right? So he was his rise was like, you know, 90s, early 2000s for the most part. But you know, after he became mainstream, he hasn't really released many significant works post that. He's kind of been silent in the background. Um I know he's been doing some producing, he was helping some some folks go live and Apparently, this is on the Polygon blockchain. So the real the real test on this is, number one, we saw what happened with the Polygon blockchain with that stupid, you know, snow, uh, sunflower game or whatever that garbage was. Bring it to its news. We don't have very many people. I don't know of anybody else who is doing music via the blockchain like this as an NFT. So Nas, I think this is kind of dip his toes in it, do a test. Apparently, it shuts stuff down again. <laughs> So it doesn't bode well for the stability of the Polygon network that we can't, we can't support get stupid games and we can't support 
uh, music. So the vision of getting music as NFTs going forward, which is hot and heavy. They're talking about getting the Beatles catalog as NFTs. That would be probably Sony and others. And I don't know. I don't know why. I guess I, I understand why they're doing Polygon, but I don't understand why there's such an issue with scale, why they're having such a problem from performance and why it's tanking them so bad. It doesn't seem to add up to me. So that's something to at least watch. So now a quick preface to this next episode for this underdog token. What happened is I woke up at like 3 a.m. not realizing why I fell asleep so darn early, but I woke up at 3 a.m. and I'm looking at my wallet real quick to make sure nothing went catastrophically wrong. And I noticed one of my holdings, which has been kind of on and off. I bought in, I've sold it, I bought in again, sold it. And it's, I watched this performance and I'm looking at the rewards and the rewards aren't working and I'm not sure why. And I finally solved that mystery today. And I figured I would talk about the token because as I looked at it, I'm like, this guy should not be failing, but I think I know the reason why it's failing. I, I don't want to say failing. That's not fair. Why it's not succeeding. I think that's better, better stated. So the token is called Boda, in my Boda Schlinger. That's a big pun reference, but Boda, B-O-D-A, B-O-D-A token.org is the website for this. And again, I've been on and off on this one. It's on the Binance Smart Chain. And I, I initially, when I bought in, I bought in because I happened to notice it. It's fundamental seemed sound at the time, didn't see any concerns, didn't see anything that was a negative per se, and it had a low cost of entry and figured I would go ahead and take a, take a risk on it with a little bit of money. So I go ahead and I do that and immediately I'm seeing it's not performing hardly at all. And I'm not really sure what's wrong. So I'm digging a little deeper. I didn't initially notice it, but today I started noticing it when I was, you know, woke up and couldn't get back to sleep and figured, you know what, let me just go ahead and cover this so I don't forget. Cause I was going to cover a different token, but this one stands out so much. I think it's worth taking the episode to cover it first before I do this other one. Cause the other one I'm covering it to kind of warn you this one, I'm covering it to share feedback. If they hear it, they may not hear it, but I'll share it on social media. Cause I do want to help them. I think that I'm pretty sure I'm confident why they're kind of on the decline and why it's hard for them to get back to stability. And hopefully there are things easily fixed. So let me talk about this real quick. So the way they describe themselves is that the token's intent and purpose is to basically be supportive of passive income. We've talked about the concept of passive income instead of the rush to reflections, da, 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 but rather that you generate passive rewards. And this one pays you or supposed to pay you. I'll get to that in a second. In Binance USD, which is a stable coin, and it just goes automatically to your wallet. You can manually claim it, and it, they claim up to 19% of rewards. And there's a separate fund for this. It's fully audited. They have an audit by both Certic and Desert Hercules, Hercules, because it's one of the very few I've seen that have purposely gone after the top dogs, both top dogs, I think, in the audit space to get their project vetted and make sure that it's clean and reviewed sound so that your investors have a confidence in buying into the project. When I looked at the review, let's take Desert Finance, for example. Most of what was called out was low risk, zero risk. There wasn't anything that they called out that was overtly terrible. They've since done some major rewrites to the website. So the website looks and flows a little bit better than what it did. Um, they were pretty good on the mobile side. And that's, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic to see that they were considerate of mobile accessibility. So when you build a website, you want to make sure that it 
it works on a mobile interface as well as a full. That was great. It looks like they spent a lot of time on it, the website and the token and the tokenomics. They also seem to have a very strong community aspect to them. And they tell us about locations and they're fully doxxed and fully known. Like this is, they've done an excellent job in the way that they've presented this up front. And then this is V2 of that same token. So the reviews that have been done for the code have been done for, I believe it was V1 initially, but they onboarded V2 as far as the, this recent audit results. When you look at the audit, it's actually V2 audits. On the Certic side, as I've mentioned before, Certic tends to call things out that are major where I don't think they're major or they're minor and I think they should be major or whatever. So while I, I consider Certic kind of credible, I do have concerns sometimes with some of their ways that they do it. Now, here's what's unique about Boda is they acknowledge in their what they call their green paper, which is their version of the white paper, and I want to talk about that in a second, but they acknowledge the functions that are exposed, the things that you could theoretically use to, you know, affect somebody's um, stake as an investor, right? And it's a PDF, Hercules, Hercules. It's not the get book garbage. It's a great, and, and the thing is, it's a very well done white paper. I won't say it's better than Parabolic because there's a lot of TBA in it and we're months after the fact. By now, you should have filled in the TBAs. So... That's the one differentiator. If it was a complete white paper where it doesn't have any TBA, TBD, TBC, TBD, TB, whatever, if it was fully vetted, fully filled out, had all the details and all the data, it would be a perfect white paper. But because it has missing, it has gaps in the data, I can't give you that top score. Parabolic still wins. However, it is a well-done white paper for what it is. It's easily second on the list. You know what? Third, because Dogezilla is still superior to this one. But it's a well-done white paper. I'm not criticizing the white paper. I'm saying that there. I want more data. Don't give me TBA, TBA, TBA. Give me more than what you're giving me um, in that one. But in the white paper, they spell out the actual functions that could be used by the owner and why they're there and what they do. They transparently disclose this up front to say, this is what, it, this is what these do. This is why they're here so that you're aware. And this, again, directly contrasts against the CERTIC audit about functions that the owner goes to the centralization of privilege risk that they called out, which they called it as major. They're saying, yep, it's here and here's why they're there and here's what they do. So they're being transparent or as much as they can about why they do that. So it is not a renounced ownership project. And the reason they did that is because they found, they learned from V1. The story they told was that in V1, everything was locked down. And as a result, they couldn't make the changes they wanted to make. And if, if you've listened to any of my past episodes, you've heard me say, I don't support locking everything down just to react to the, the vocal minority out there that believes that you lock everything. And that's the only way to mitigate risk because we know that's not true. I think you lock everything down once you have everything sorted and everything's clean. It's what you want. And you know you're not going to make any changes and there's no other risk. But that usually takes, you know, maybe a year or so after the fact. Don't do it up front. And so V1 apparently had the same issue Parainu did where they decided to react to what the vocal were saying and just lock everything down. And then it caused issues. And so they launched a V2. V2 looks like it's a much stronger contract. It looks like it's a more robust contract. They didn't change the inventory. Hercules, Hercules. So a lot of thoughts been put into this. And I think it's a strong overall project. And I gave, I'm giving kudos to them, not just for the paper itself, but the content of 
the messaging. They're telling me the why. They're telling me what it does. And at the core, this is what it's supposed to do. And this is what your value is supposed to be. They prioritize getting audits done. They're fully doxxed on the front. Like they're working to try to gain your trust. It's not about whether it's locked or not. They're actively doing things that should engender trust in them. They've spent a lot of money getting featured on various sites. They call it, you know, we're getting this exposure. It's true, but they paid for it. That's okay because it means that they're trying to increase awareness in the project because right now that's been a, a shortfall for them is making sure more people are aware of it. When you look at the overall tokenomics of the project, so you earn the Binance USD, that's your rewards. So 6% of all buys, 13% of all sales get distributed. Now, I have an issue with the way that they did this because if you heard me talk about other tokens where they have a similar mechanic, what happens is They'll say, well, you got to hold a minimum of X in order to get those rewards. I don't support that. I'm not a fan of it. I understand why you do it, but I think there's a better way to do it, which is you just simply accumulate it and then you pay it out less frequently. I don't think that anybody should be excluded from rewards because the, it's still an uncertain project. You don't have the volume to even make it justified because this, the payout of this is based on buys and sells. Well, the volume is way down. So this is problem number one I would call out. Your volume is way down, and as a result, people aren't getting the rewards that were promised when we say up to 19%. Yeah, but that's assuming that you're getting hot and heavy volume. And when you're doing things where somebody has to hold $3 billion, and to be fair, that's not a lot of money. It's the principle of the thing. Please don't do that. Don't put the minimums in place. Just say, if you don't, you know, the less that you have, the less frequent you're going to get paid out and call it a day. Maybe some people only get paid once a day. Any printer doesn't have those minimums and it'll still pay you. It just takes, you know, however long it takes, depending on what your stake is. And they have a volume that's slightly higher than this one, but it's still on the low end and it's been declining, but they still pay you the rewards. It's just on an infrequent basis. That's what should happen. Don't put a minimum in place. If they have the ability to get rid of the minimum, I would say it's the first thing to get rid of. Get rid of the minimum, change it to where it'll just change the frequency. If you have 3 billion or greater, it pays out every every order if you have less than a three billion it'll just pay out once a day or something because you're trying to optimize gas i got you i just think everybody should be entitled to this great benefit that's how you sell it to people is that everybody gets it we're not going to limit it to the quote whales that's not a whale amount but i'm just saying the perception is is important there's an auto burn so two percent from every buy and sell is auto burn to try to decrease supply the problem of course again is that the volume is dramatically low so it doesn't do you any good there's a weekly manual supply reduction, 1.5% of every buy and sell. Now, the problem is, according to the manual supply methodology, they're saying it's there's a fund. So basically, all these buys and sells, they redirect some of this over into a, a fund and then a wallet, and then they get they send to the dead wallet. Well, that means this is not going to really decrease because, again, you're banking on the volume that isn't there yet or hasn't been there in a while because um, it used to be up and then it had the same pattern it spiked up high and then it tapered off and then it's been low ever since and we can't blame what happened here in january and the whole issues with the stable with the uh, gas coins because december didn't have that issue predominantly so and this one was in november launch so december didn't have that issue but it was still down in december so this one was affected by other factors we can't just i'm sure that that was a compound effect but it wasn't the only effect 1.5% goes to marketing I think the end dev I think that's very fair I like that good um, there's 1% for yield farming so yield farming supply of course is to support the constant value and earning 
over time, again, because it's based on buys and sells, I don't know how much use it is right now. And then there's a buyback. The buyback is based on other things that haven't been built yet. So they're going to have a store. They're going to have a yield farm, kind of similar to the um, multiverse and others. Um, NFTs, Botaswap, none of these exist yet, so it doesn't do you any good. Um, it's good for the future, but it's not there yet. So people have been squirming about this, like where are these utilities? Because we think that's going to help, but it hasn't happened yet. They're talking about creating a governance token so they can create a DAO. I support that. That's cool. They're talking about a lottery system. You know, I actually had a, a complaint with somebody online because I won the any printer deal. And they said, you know, shouldn't be a wheel, shouldn't be random, should be popular vote. Deep, deep, deep. And it's, you know, there's a reason popular vote doesn't work. It's because it skews towards a certain emotional aspect. Random has always been the best way to do that in something like this, where it's just a lottery of sense. Random has always been the best way to do that to make sure it's fair. So when we're talking about something like memes, as an example, those are going to skew to your young kids and your millennials because they like the silly stuff that you laugh at instead of, you might have things that are submitted that are artistically brilliant. You might have things that are submitted that are from a marketing aspect perfect. You might have things that are submitted that were unique, like it's a brand new something that we haven't seen before. All these should be considered. Your young kids aren't going to go after that. They're going to go after the funny ones like the stupid little girl looking at the fire, looking away from the fire, or the, the, the dog from Adult Swim talking about this is fine or whatever. They're going to go after the ones they know that they like, and that means that it's always unfair for everybody else who's trying to submit things that are fair. So if this is a true lottery system, I'm supportive of it. Not one that's a popular thing. I like that. That's good, but it's not here yet. NFT marketplace isn't here yet. They want to do a locker token locker, which looks like it's a staking type mechanism, liquidity staking mechanism. That's cool. Uh, token mentor is for people who want to create their own contract and do some verification and try to make it a little bit more robust. Um, token mentors, it, it's not unique. There's a lot of those mentors. The only thing that would be a concern on this one would be whatever level of control you have on the contract that comes out. Because right now, there are tools out there that can create contracts that are pretty darn powerful that use the latest tokenomics, and you can manipulate them to the nth degree. How limiting is that one going to be? And then they're talking about an NFT video game, so this would be similar to something like Axie. Axie's not NFT, but you know what I'm saying. Uh, or Epic Hero, that's a good example. So cool, it is what it is. But when I look at their roadmap, they don't tell me what's done and what's not done. Just looking at the list, it looks like they're a little bit behind because they said Q1 of 2022, they're going to have the fiat on-ramp, swaps, farms, lotteries, um, NFTs, and all that. But then in Q4, which would have been December at the very latest, they were talking about partnership with the NFT marketplace. That doesn't look like that's happened. Billboards in LA, I'm pretty sure that didn't happen. Um, reward tracker, I think that did happen. Trust wallet looks like a no. So it looks, I don't know. Some stuff looks like it's done. Some stuff looks like it's not. So that looks like it's still in process, but they may be a little bit behind. So when I, now let me get to the, the, my, the reason, the real reason that I wanted to record this now versus later. I said before, I think they have a good, concept of community they called out even and i believe it was on their reddit they called out that they were moving their community aspect and they were they initially apparently were really hot and heavy on reddit and they in their paper on their medium they list all the different uh tools that they use and they called out you know telegram and reddit and twitter and da, 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 da. They, have a, they have a lot of platforms 
initially they were very strong on Reddit, even though they didn't have a lot of holders, they were actively posting there. And for whatever reason, that's tapered off. So now no longer do they, they, they're still there, but they're not actively engaging it. What they started doing was steering people to discord. They, in their medium said, we're no longer doing telegram because it's garbage. It's a bunch of spam and crap. And it's true. So kudos to them for getting away from tele telegram as a primary source. However, I don't know that I support using Discord as a primary source either. Let me tell you what I'm resonating with. When a user that's new to crypto or that isn't really deep in crypto and isn't in the bubble is looking for cryptocurrency information, they're going to go where? To a search engine. Search engines, in order for them to what's called spider or index information, it has to be flat information that is largely unchanging, which means your search engines like your Googles and your Yahoos of the world don't index Discord and don't index Telegram, which is another reason I don't like them because you can't find those people from that source. But also, when you put it as a static piece of information on a Reddit, your web page, um, what used to be MySpace that doesn't exist anymore, but I'm saying something that's static, something that's not going to change, something that's always there, it means that we can always go back and reference it for history purposes. We can know what happened over time. When you're in the telegrams or the discords of the world, those chats just go spinning around. And people are like, just scroll up deep, deep, deep. Those people have never used freaking discord when you got tens of thousands of posts flying through at all times. You can't search it. You can't find a specific post you're looking for. So there could be relevant information that you miss. Turn on your alert. Deep, deep, deep. People outside of the bubble do not load freaking Discord on their phones or whatever. And certain people don't even use phones to do those types of chats because we are adults and we have lives. So no, that's not the right answer. The right answer is to make it as ubiquitous and accessible as possible to everybody. That means you need to update all of your sources with your key information. So what I'm saying is not to stop using Discord. I'm saying that when you have key targeted things that are happening, we're about to release the Boda swap they're talking about in two weeks. Create a post on Reddit. We're about to do this. Create a post on Reddit. Just create the post. And who cares if people chat about it there? That's fine. To me, your Discord should be used for things like support, maybe. Maybe you do your lottery there. But your announcements, I'm talking your key announcements of key milestones and targets, accomplishments, future state, whatever. Use Reddit use your website because they're static and people can search it and find it. And we can use it as a timeline reference, not discord, not telegram. That's my single feedback about their community. Because other than that, I think they do community very well. I just think for whatever reason, them go, moving away from Reddit, I don't think is the right answer. I think Reddit should, in my mind, Reddit, their website should be the number one, Reddit should be number two and discord should be number three. If I were to, tell them the way I think it should go. But like Twitter, same thing. You should have Twitter information because Twitter is searchable. So I'm cool with that for your targeted key, important information. I don't want to see, as I see on their Reddit right now, people ask a general question. Hey, what's going on here? Hey, join us in our discord. We'll tell you all about it. Don't do that. That reminds me of the freaking uh, strategy book. What the heck was that strategy book? Final fantasy, final fantasy. Was that final fantasy 11? Final Fantasy Nine, Final Fantasy Nine, the Brady Games Guide, Final Fantasy Nine on PlayStation. We not want to know how to beat that boss. Log on to PlayOnline.com and we'll tell you how. So people spend twenty something dollars on a strategy guide that tells you to go to an online site to tell you how to do things. 
useless guide. It's a go ahead and search it out yourself. Google it. It's a big thing. That's what that reminded me of. I don't want to see that. You need to have the information in multiple places. I know it's a little bit of a pain, but that's how social media management works. It's my only complaint about their community management aspect is I think you need to embrace Reddit because it's a searchable source in addition to tele, uh, Twitter because it's a searchable source. In addition to Facebook, it's a searchable source. In addition to maybe even YouTube, it's a searchable source. Don't just put everything in Discord. Discord to me is a secondary source maybe for support or for basic chatting about a new, let's say a new feature did come out. I think you should be using the live chat feature of Twitter spaces. I think you should be using the live chat feature of Reddit. I think you should be using those sources because that may be where they want to go. And maybe they don't want to go to Discord because they don't put it on their phones because they're not in the bubble. So I that's my number one feedback about community. Again, it's not a criticism. It is I think you should move back from the initial strategy of going away from Reddit, go back to Reddit, keep using it as a strong source of communicating because that's how people are going to find you and that's how they're going to find your information. You can keep using Discord as a secondary source, but don't keep that primary. Other than that one piece, and you might think it's a small thing, but it's important because I don't think people think enough about how people find you and how people get aware of you. They're going to be using search engines. And so you need to use sources for the active communication that are search engine friendly. And I think that's where they fall short. And that's where I think some of the volume started to taper off because it's harder to find these guys. They put ads on PooCoin. That's cool. But you're assuming people are at PooCoin when they see the ad. The ad rotates. And tons of other ads are showing up with these Flokies and all this garbage. Santa Floki's been up there on major rotations. They spent more money than you. Don't rely on those tools. You need to get more spread. You need to get more ubiquitous. Fix that because without the volume, the reason I'm so adamant, without the volume, your number one benefit, which you put at the top of your page, which is this is a passive income thing and you're going to get Binance USD, is null and void. And if you don't have that, what's the reason somebody should buy your token? Do you see what I'm saying? So I want to help. To me, we need to embrace those other sources better than you're doing. Don't, you don't have to drop your Discord. But you need to reintroduce Reddit as a single source of information for these updates and communication. You need to actively encourage people to come there. You need to actively encourage people to engage on Twitter. You need to actively use the live chat features and all these things. Ideally, get some more YouTube stuff going on. And I'm not talking about chillers. I'm talking about you. You get on video and you do those things. I know you had some members who created a podcast and their first one was about Boda. I think you guys need to get more into it and do your own videos about your project and what you're doing and what's happening and what's what's going on, what you're doing, so that it's more more than just the Discord bubble. That's my opinion. Boda, B-O-D-A token.org. It is on the Binance Smart Chain. I I like the project. I like the tokenomics. I like, you know, as soon as they work right, I like the tokenomics. I like the, I love the white paper. I just think there's work that needs to be done from a community aspect, number one. And ideally, once the community aspect is properly fixed, you should start seeing increase in volume because there's no reason not to because the tokenomics are good. <laughs> but because the tokenomics are so directly correlated to awareness and being able to find the darn thing, I think they're only being held back by the fact nobody knows about this thing. And I don't, I don't think Schiller's is the right answer. I think it's just a matter of social media management and community management and embracing other platforms that are search engine friendly so people can find you. People will find my podcast, so they will be somewhat aware. Anybody that finds my podcast will be somewhat aware, and you'll see you're going to get at least some people that kind of take a look at it. As I encourage anybody listening to this, take a look at them. 
And you'll see in the tokenomics, there's really nothing fundamentally wrong with it. And it's a solid project. It's just you're not going to really realize the rewards that you should because the volume is too low. The volume, I believe, is too low because nobody knows about the darn thing. So take a look at it. And if you think it makes sense, please, by all means, add it to your portfolio if it makes sense for you. But for the Boda developers and the team, my only concern, number one, I want the white paper, get rid of the TBAs and fill in information. But regardless of that, your community management, I want you to get back to static information, searchable sources, not Discord. Yes, we both agree Telegram sucks. Stay away from it. But no, I think you need to get back into your Reddit and your Twitter and everybody else and keep those as active communi communities and build them. Remember, Shiv grows to prime based on Reddit. Reddit was the key to getting the word out on that one because Reddit is where the vast majority of them were and were promoting. They use Discord, but Discord has never been the primary source. It was always about Reddit initially. Discord came later. That's what I want to see you guys because from everything I can see, you guys should be right there with them. So again, bodatoken.org, take a look and see if it makes sense for your portfolio. That's all I got for you for today's episode. I uh, appreciate, hopefully that was helpful and beneficial to you. Tune in tomorrow. I've got another one that I want to cover that I've delayed just to cover this one. I won't have any update for this afternoon. Take care and we appreciate you.